Guess what? Guess what? You have uh, yet another situation where your government is uh, putting its citizens in significant economic peril. Uh, we have a looming economic crisis right now with this uh, situation with the debt ceiling. And uh, we're going to talk about what's going on, not just with the debt ceiling and uh, the potential economic and financial calamities that can occur, but also talk about the stock market and talk about some of the things you might want to look out for. And also Ford is now requiring its workers to submit their status on the jab. Y'all know how I feel about that. We're about to break that down. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, Black people? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about Black wealth and Black economics, and we are obsessed with Black wealth and building wealth for our families. Uh, we do this every day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day. Y'all know I make a ton of content on this platform, and I'm proud of it. And uh, we ask one thing. we don't You don't have to be Black to be here. Uh, we, we, we serve Black people, but you ain't got to be Black to be here. But we do ask that you understand why we are B1. B1 means we are Black first. Black first means we put ourselves at the top of the, our priority list. Black first means that we solve our own problems before we save the world. Black first means that we uh, understand how our children, B1 children, are going to lead the world in economics and wealth building by the year 2070. We call that Project 2070. B1 last and most importantly means that we understand we must be one in order to be successful. So if you agree with that idea, if those ideas make sense to you, please put a hashtag B and the number one in the chat, hashtag B1. That's our calling card. All right. So um, how many of y'all heard about the debt ceiling? Um the whole debt ceiling situation going on. Give me a yes or no in the chat if you've heard about what your government is. Yet another thing your government's doing that reminds you of why you can't trust the government. Uh, these are a bunch of uh, ridiculously weird, uh, mostly white people. Black folks ain't got to take responsibility for this uh, this form of niggatry. Uh, they have actually put the uh, U.S. government and the uh, entire economy on the brink of horrific collapse. Uh, by fighting uh, over petty issues uh, that they consistently fight about, and uh, and it's really it's really uh, driving me insane because uh, it's it's one of those things that could be avoided if they had a little bit of vision and foresight and a little bit of maturity. Uh, if they had the maturity to understand uh, how their actions are destroying this country uh, over the next fifty to hundred years, the United States is going to go to nothing. Uh, this great experiment that you think is this wonderful, beautiful country, and how you're raised in school and indoctrinated and brainwashed into believing that the founding fathers, you know, those slaveholders who sat around the table and signed a document, were so brilliant and built this whole amazing, unbelievably beautiful, you know, system. That's a bunch of nonsense, man. This system is ridiculous. It's, 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 the checks and balances are, can be beneficial. Don't get me wrong. But my Lord, these people fight like like they remind me of me and my sister, how me and my sister used to fight when I was like 12. And we just we would throw stuff at each other and uh, it would never end. And mama or daddy had to come in and threaten to whoop everybody's ass if, they, if we didn't get in line. And so that's what we need. We need somebody who's going to go to Congress and just whoop everybody's ass, just get them all in the room. Like, no, your mama, I don't know if y'all grew up getting whoopings. I got whoopings, I, but 
maybe y'all think that's child abuse, but you're probably right. It probably was. <laughs> so I'm so messed up in the head. I, I feel like I, I honestly deserve some of them because, uh, you know, I'm better to get whooped by my mama and end up in jail. And uh, it, <clears throat> you bring all the kids in a room and, and you got a belt and everybody just gets a whooping because mama don't know who did what. So so with Congress, we don't know exactly who did what. Everybody's pointing the fingers. Everybody's assessing the blame. Everybody's saying, well, it wasn't me. It was it was these Democrats. These Democrats did it. These Democrats are destroying America. And then the Democrats are like, those Republicans, they're so racist. Oh, my God, they had a white supremacist rally. Everything that they do is a white supremacist rally. Right. And then next thing you know, the whole thing falls apart and their goal is not to actually solve the problem. That That's that's boring. It's like big pharma. Their goal isn't to actually cure you of anything. Uh, their goal is not to fix the problem. Their goal is to make sure that when the problem occurs, you blame the other party. That's the game. The game is it's a blame game. It's making sure that even if America goes straight to hell in a handbasket, that you blame the Democrats and not the Republicans, or you blame the Republicans and not the Democrats. Well, you know, so unfortunately, this creates a, a set of really warped, ridiculous incentives. And you're seeing this right now, right? Because right now you have this big debate over this whole thing with the debt ceiling. So uh, effectively, now let me just read some of this to you uh, right out of CNBC so you can kind of get a sense of it. Uh, Tre- Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told House Speaker Nancy Pelosi that Congress is just under has just under three weeks to address the looming debt, debt ceiling and avoid economic calamity. Quote, we now estimate that Treasury is likely to exhaust its extraordinary measures if Congress has not acted to raise or suspend the debt limit by October 18th, Yellen said, or Yellen wrote, sorry. Senate Republicans on Monday blocked a bill that would fund the government and suspend the U.S. borrowing limit. So Republicans are funny because they they, they love to you know, during the pandemic, they love putting money into the pockets of other business owners and wealthy people, and they don't want to make rich people pay taxes, right? So, but yet, but but so so they become you know big ballers, and and they want to make it rain when it's time to put money into uh, corporate welfare and things like that, or tax subsidies, or or, or you know tax breaks and subsidies for corporations. But then they suddenly get uh, they get really financially tight when it's time to actually do things for the rest of the American people, right? That's kind of the Republican game and uh, it's absolute nonsense. Uh, But then the Democrats, unfortunately, seem to think that we can just print money forever and that they can give money to people and not ever ask anybody to ever get up and go to work ever again. And that you can keep the economy shut down forever, you know, as if the virus is killing everybody and that money will just continuously flow. And that all you have to do is just keep expanding the size of the government credit card. Just keep borrowing money and everything will be okay. Yeah, just mama, just pull. Like when I was little, I used to say, mama, can we go to McDonald's? And mama would be like, I ain't got no McDonald's money. And I'd be like, well, mama, you got that credit card. Why don't we just use that credit card, right? So they spend money like children. They, they're just, they're no different from the way I was with my mama and, the, and, and going to McDonald's. You know, they don't have any concept of the fact that money does eventually run out. And so let me give you some quick statistics on U.S. government national debt right now. Right now, uh, according to usdebtclock.org, uh, the United States government is $28 trillion in debt. In fact, actually, to be more precise, they owe $28,813,282,900. Wait, sorry. Not, it's more than that now. It's going up. I, I, I'm sorry. Shoot. It's literally gone up by about 100. Don't wait that two, make three, four, five. It's gone up $500,000. U.S. government debt has gone up $500,000. I swear to God, I, I kid you not. This clock is a moving clock. Uh, it, it's gone up. A million dollars now since I started that sentence. I'm not making that up. I'm not making it. Up. You, your government now owes a million dollars more than it did two minutes ago when I started 
making this statement about how much debt we owe. That's fascinating, utterly fascinating. If you want to get more specific information, um, each citizen owes $86,580. Every taxpayer owes $228,661. Uh, federal spending this year was $6.8 trillion, actually $6,862,655,536,37,38,39, sorry, it goes up $1,000 a second, uh, government spending. And the de- government, de- the deficit, the amount that they borrowed to do that spending is about $3 trillion. So they spent $6 trillion and they borrowed half of that. Uh, so so your, your, your country's in trouble. You, I mean, you're really in trouble. And I could keep going down the list. If you look, for example, at the U.S. federal debt to GDP ratio, debt to GDP is kind of like, you know, it's kind of like like if you have a if you have student loans and, and let's say you make, you know, let's say your student loans are 50 grand, but you make 100 grand, then your debt to income ratio might be like, you know, like 50 divided by 100, which would be 0.5. Right. So you'd be like, yeah, I owe 50 grand, but I make 100 grand. I can knock it out if I'm consistent. Now, imagine if you owed 50 grand and uh, but you made like 15 grand. Well, then that would be a problem, right? Your debt to income ratio skyrockets. It's 50 divided by 15, which is a much bigger number than 0.5, right? So uh, the U.S. government has something similar to that called a debt to GDP ratio. In 1960, the debt to GDP ratio, if you took our gross domestic product, the amount of goods and services produced by the economy, kind of like income, sort of, um, and you, uh, uh, you, um, you take the debt level, divide by the GDP, in 1960, that number was uh, 52%. So keep that in your mind, 52%. In 1980, it dropped significantly to 34.67%. So keep those numbers in mind, 50%, 30.67%. You know what it is now? You know what it is now? 125.88%. Literally uh, more than twice as much as it was in 1960. I don't think it's ever been higher. It's kind of crazy. It's getting ridiculous. It's turned into a mess. It's only going to keep getting worse. I don't know how they're going to fix it because these people are stupid. Now, with that said, uh, right now they're fighting over this. This can uh, has has the potential to really disrupt your investments. Uh, if you are invested in stocks, you can, you, you can get your butt kicked. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, the the Treasury has been stretched to the limit. And uh, Yellen, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, is going to testify before Congress later on this week. Uh, I will keep an eye out on some of that. And uh, they, uh, she, she warned in a separate statement to lawmakers that failure to suspend or raise the debt limit would lead to the first ever U.S. default and have severe consequences for the U.S. economy. Why is that important? Well, one of the assumptions that we used to make back in graduate school in all, all of our economic models was that the United States government cannot default on its debt, that the United States government will always pay back its debt. Like the Lannisters in Game of Thrones, they they will always pay their debts. Remember the Lannisters? It's a great show. You really should watch it. And uh, and so uh, basically that assumption is going to go out the window. So when that assumption goes out the window, all these economic models start to fall apart. Uh, a lot of your um, your economy goes straight to shit. Now, I do, I think they're going to let it get to that point. I don't think that they will. But the fact that they keep getting to that point, you know, almost like a couple that's where they're on the brink of divorce every single week, 
uh, it's kind of exhausting. You know, it's very stressful. It's like being a child of of two parents that want to get a divorce every Tuesday. It's like, come on, man. Come on, daddy. Like every time you start smoking crack, you start talking crazy to mama. And and I start having to miss school because because y'all were fighting all night. Like, can't we have some stability in the household? So basically, the Democrats are 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 the mamas and the Republicans are the daddy. And they keep fighting. And the rest of us have to miss school because they don't know how to act like they got some sense. Now, with that said, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, please do that. Uh, we're building Black-owned media. Also, uh, the Black Stock Market Program. We're going to have a meeting of the Black Stock Market Program uh, in about, actually, just a few minutes after this conversation. So if you'd like to join us and try out the program, it's a really good program. You go to the theblackstockmarketprogram.com. Just take a look. The first month is free or a dollar or something like that. So, And there's a money-back guarantee if you don't like it. It's a great program, and it's a great way for you to learn investing uh, from a fundamental level. Uh, also, uh, someone asked, uh, Divine Diva says, should we sell our stocks ASAP? I'm not selling mine. Uh, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm not selling mine. So, uh, so with that said, they said the U.S. Go- because the U.S. government has never defaulted on its debt before, economists have to rely on forecasts and guesswork when trying to estimate the economic fallout a default would bring. Still, most economists say such a default would bring about financial calamity that could trigger a broad market sell-off and economic downturn amid a spike in interest rates. So interest rates go up which means in most models that uh, stock prices go down. So you could see a big dip in stock prices if they are stupid enough to allow the economy to go off a cliff. I don't underestimate for one second the sheer depth and magnitude of the stupidity of these people. I, your stupidity, if you got stupid friends, sometimes they surprise you and they just literally take the excellence of stupidity to another level. And uh, while it might seem that no rational person would allow this to occur, um, I don't I don't feel that these politicians are rational. I don't feel that your country's rational uh, because this is against the backdrop of a lot of other really crazy things going on in the economy. Uh, just last night, my wife and I, Dr. Alicia, the most beautiful black woman on the planet, I might add, uh, she and I did a pillow talk last night. Um, where we were on this channel and we talked about how uh, in New York they just decided to fire thousands and thousands of workers and 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 you know public servants uh, who were dedicated to uh, supporting and saving their fellow men and women who were seen as heroes a year ago, right? They they a year a year and a half ago, uh, you know, hospital workers were heroes. Now a bunch of them are getting fired because they refuse to get that jab. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, also. Uh, it's interesting because a year and a half ago, uh, Andrew Cuomo was a hero. <laughs> now he's gone, right? So, so it, you know, in a way, it's 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 it sort of it speaks to how the world flips on its head, and it's it's kind of insane, and uh, it's only going to get worse. And you can expect the unexpected. So, really, with this economy, in my view, you have the known, the unknown, and then you have the unknown unknown. The unknown unknown is the biggest group of the three, right? The known is there. The unknown is like manageable. The unknown unknown is what it means, what it basically reflects all the stuff that could happen that you don't even know it's coming. It's going to broadside you. Uh, these things are going to you know, just pop up out of nowhere. And uh, and, and your politicians are a part of that 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 problem. So uh, now as uh, minority leaders, uh, McCarthy and McConnell become a, a welcome a disaster. See, this is where the politicians start blaming the other party to make sure that when the whole world falls to shit, that you don't point the finger at them. Uh, so somebody so, so let's see. They said. 
Now, as minority leaders, McCarthy and McConnell welcome a disaster they both know is coming. Republican luminaries, former Treasury secretaries, business groups, and top economists are joining the growing chorus of Americans demanding that they stop putting politics over the health of the U.S. economy, Pelosi's office said last week as she was blaming other people for the stupid things that they that both that both parties do. Uh, I didn't I added that part in. Uh, but here's another thing, too. So today, it looks like so far your stocks are dipping a little bit. Uh, it looks like the market uh, dropped by about 300 points. Let me see what's going on with that. Uh, U.S. stocks fell on Tuesday with tech names dragging down the NASDAQ and the broader market as Treasury yields traded near three-month highs. Okay, so Treasury yields are going up, which means that there's an expectation of inflation uh, typically, and uh, also t- which which tends to pull down a lot of the tech stocks because they're more um, – because of the dynamics of, of how these prices uh, – are modeled uh higher these higher yields on bonds tends to drive down some of these tech stocks that haven't made all their money yet that where their their growth potentials out in the future so so right now it's i would imagine that some of your um maybe maybe some of your bigger uh solid names are gonna do just fine in this environment but your <clears throat> it's your little tech stock your long-term plays your big gambles that are gonna get their butts kicked um and so uh the 10-year yield I reversed dramatically to the highest level since June, since the Fed signaled last week that it would taper $120 billion in monthly bond purchases soon. So the Fed is going to stop supporting uh, the stock market soon and making rich people richer. So that's going to drive down your stock prices a little bit. It could be a buying opportunity. Uh, tech shares are dropping in morning trading as a rapid rise in rates makes their future cash flows less valuable. That's what I was explaining to you a second ago. Uh, higher rates also hinder tech companies' ability to fund their growth and buy back stock. So... Uh, for various reasons, a lot of the tech companies got hit hard. Uh, Facebook and Alphabet lost about three percent, so maybe those are good buys. You know, I, I think Facebook. I hate Facebook. I think that they're racist. I think they put everybody in Facebook jail. We have like literally a digital version of mass incarceration because Facebook loves to put everybody in Facebook jail. In fact, if you if you ain't never been in Facebook jail, then you ain't really saying nothing controversial. Like seriously, I almost think it's like a badge of honor. How many of you have been in Facebook jail? Any other OGs that? That did their time, you know, in the, in, in the system. I, I have. I've been in Facebook jail probably about eight hundred and forty-seven times, and I'm proud of it. Um, and so, uh, but but Facebook's a good company. Facebook's a very strong company in terms of knowing how to make money. They've been hit hard though by Apple. Apple making changes in terms of how they share data. So because of this, Facebook has is um Facebook may see a dip in some of its earnings. But I think personally that Facebook's going to find another revenue stream that'll kind of compensate for that. Uh, but but it looks like um. Large chip stocks dropped. Uh, NVIDIA dropped. Uh, shares of Ford rose 1.4% after the company announced plans to build new production facilities in the U.S. Now, that make, that takes me back to Ford. Uh, before I do that, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, also, uh, it's really important that we stay connected somehow, some way, uh, just in case they take down one of my, you know, take down my platform for, because I talk about everything and you know what I'm talking about. When you talk about that, that jab, um, you know, you become kind of a target, but I'm not going to run away from the truth. But just in case they, um, they chop me off and, and whatever, uh, I want to let you guys know a way you can stay in touch with me. Actually, if you go to, uh, actually, I'll just put my URL on the screen, voicewalkins.com. If you go to boycewalkins.com, you can get a free e-copy of my book, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar. And uh, you'll also be on our email list, which means you'll start hearing from me every single day. And I'd love to add value to your life and send you free information that will help you uh, to grow in some meaningful way. So uh, go to boycewalkins.com and sign up. That way we'll stay connected in case I have to literally move everything off to another platform. We're actually making plans to try to develop something a little more independent 
And at the very least, we want to be well diversified uh, where we're on multiple platforms so they can't take us all down all at once. So go to boyswalkins.com, get a free copy of my book. It takes a village to raise the bar and you'll be on our email list. You can also follow me on Instagram at the real voice walking. So go ahead and do that. That way, if in case I just disappear one day, you'll know some other places to find me. Uh, and so the uh, last piece that I noticed that was really interesting was something about Ford. Uh, Ford is actually going to start making um, their uh, employees submit their status of the jab, if you know what I mean. Um, let me see here. Uh, so one of the things that they mentioned, I cannot find this article anymore, but basically Ford is the latest company to basically say, you know, no jab, no job. And I, I don't know what options they're offering uh, their employees uh, to, uh, let me see here. Here we go. They're asking union and salaried employees to submit their jab status and uh, I personally don't agree with that. I believe that it's your personal freedom, your personal right to make a choice that works best for you and your family. And I also believe that it should be protected, <clears throat> just like, um, you know, just like uh, asking somebody their sexuality or, um, you know, their how old they are or <clears throat> asking a woman if she's pregnant. Like there are certain things you can't ask an employee. I believe that <clears throat> your jab status is a personal thing because, um, you know, you still can't convince me that if you got your jab, that somehow me not getting the jab is supposed to protect you when both of us can catch it and both of us can transmit it to other people. I know that getting the jab, they, they say that it, it can possibly make it less likely that you're going to get hospitalized or die. Right. I think that should be acknowledged. That's a possibility. That's totally fine. So if that's the case, then why are you still worried about what I did? with my body, right? If you're going to be fine, if you're not going to go to the hospital, if you're not going to die, then leave me alone. Just leave me the hell alone. Like I'm the one who's in, in jeopardy of anything. Maybe I need to stay away from you since you can catch it and transmit it. Maybe you're the one who, uh, who, uh, you know, who uh, can harm me, right? Well, if, if, if it's my choice to decide how I want to uh, calibrate my own risk, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't think it's radical to say this. It's only radical because there are people who are at the top who are making decisions where they're trying to force the entire country to do what they're telling them to do. And I think that that's a little bit of an issue. OK, so um, but again, no disrespect to anybody who made a different choice. My point is that you have your own choice. Do you get what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. I am not. You know, they talk about anti you know what I mean? These anti people that are just 100 percent against it you know, under any conditions. I'm not in that category, but I am in the category of being pro freedom. Uh, you know, I believe people should do what they want to do. And we're going to talk about that, actually, <clears throat> at the All Black National Convention. There's a URL on the screen. It's at the end of October in Orlando. We're going to have a lot of experts there. Uh, some are pro, some are anti. And uh, also we're going to cover things like health and politics and relationships and crypto and stock market investing and real estate investing. We've got experts in all those areas. So we formed a black brain trust and we're meeting in Orlando and we're also going to have a hell of a lot of fun. We're doing speed dating. We're having a B1 ball. We're having uh, musical performances. We're having just a great experience. Um, and in fact, Victory Boyd, I'm still talking to her dad about coming down. Uh, Victory Boyd was actually uh, she's a great singer. She was signed by Rock Nation. Jay Z heard her sing, and she sings like an angel. And you need to support her, right? These are these are the B one artists that we have to get behind because when she was supposed to sing, she was supposed to sing uh, the national anthem. Uh, pay attention now. Look it up. Google this. She was supposed to sing the national anthem at the NFL season opener, a nationally televised game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they told the family, uh, by the way, you have everybody that comes on the on the field has to get the jab. And they were like, well, for religious reasons, we, we're not going to do that. So is there another option? 
They said, no, there's no other option. You must get put this in your body. And they're like, are you sure there's no other option? Can't she wear a mask? Uh, no. Well, she's going to be away from other people. She'll be socially distanced. Is that okay? No. Um, you know, can she take a test to make sure she isn't coming in the stadium with the virus? No, she must get the jab. She must put it in her body. So the family basically gave them the middle finger. Uh, and I talked to the dad and I respect his decision 100%. And, and I just think it's crazy. So anyway, Victory has sang at the All Black National Convention before. I believe she's going to be able to make this one. Maybe, maybe not. I got to double check on that. Uh, but, but, but she'll be there. So these are the people we got to support. Uh, Akila Nihanda is another person, a great rapper. Go look up Akila Nihanda, A-K-I-L-A-H. Akila Nihanda is another great artist who is B1, who represents the community, and she is blowing up very quickly. So we got to get behind the people that we love and support. That's my point. Thank you for letting me get that out uh, because I think it's important for us to consciously get behind the things we believe in, okay? So they're going to be at the All Black National Convention, allblacknationalconvention.com in Orlando, October 29th through November 1st. We have a whole curriculum for children. Bring your children. Bring your family. Bring your wife. Bring your kids. Bring your, bring your, your baby mama. Bring your church group. Bring your investment club. We're going to get it in. We solve our own problems around here. We ain't waiting on Superman ever. All right. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. I'm going to finish this up because I got to get ready for class. Um, So basically, according to this article, they said Ford is asking union and salaried employees to submit their status on the jab. I'm not going to say the V word because that gets you in trouble on YouTube. Uh, Ford Motor Company is asking. Let's see here. uh, The submission process is required for salaried employees, but voluntary for the automakers employees represented by the United United Auto Workers Union. So it's voluntary if you're part of the union. It's required for salaried employees. Uh, So this is very interesting. Uh, The submission process. Let's see here. Um, It's also mandatory for agency or other Ford contractors, the company confirmed to CNBC. Quote, this will aid our efforts to comply with federal uh, COVID-19 requirements and assess the overall uh, VAX level of our employee population in order to determine appropriate measures to support employee safety. Ford spokesman Monique Brentley said in an email uh, statement. Why does it? Why do I feel like she's black? I feel like companies like this when they do stuff like this, they always pick a black person to like deliver the message. I don't ask me. I just that's my speculation, my spidey senses. Uh, UAW spokesman Brian Rothenberg confirmed the submission process is voluntary for its union members. For CEO Jim Farley said the company thinks that the uh, the jabs are mission critical for the safety of its workers. Farley said the company's entire leadership team and medical staff has the jab. We're really excited about the mandate, Farley said Tuesday on CNBC Squawk Box. So he's excited about the mandate. Hmm. Okay, we'll work with our union partners. It requires collective bargaining. In some cases, we'll work through this. Um, uh, before Biden announced the uh, requirements, which, by the way, by the which uh, y'all might know this, but it's really hilarious that Biden's own team doesn't have to actually submit to the mandate. Did y'all know that? Like, like literally, Biden's team doesn't have to um do it but they want everyone else i just think that's hilarious um it almost makes me think about war like when they declare war they're like yeah go get them let's go to iraq and blow everything up and kill people and get our heads blown off and they're like so send your children send your children to go fight for the country right but then when you check the records of the congressmen and women who are declaring war none of them send their children None of us in the church. So I'm telling you, I, I want to do what the rich people are doing, what the powerful people. Where where are you sending your kids? Like, like where are you putting your money? Where are you, you know, where, where are you going to be when it all goes down? Don't I'm not going to listen to where you're telling me I need to be because you're trying to make me into a pawn. I need to know where you're going to be and what you're going to be doing with your family, because 
if you're not if you're telling me to do A and you're doing B, that does that probably means you want some bull. You know what I mean? I'm just too early to cuss, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Seriously, like that's that's that's. Did, did y'all know that there's actually literally economic theory around that? They call that the lemon. I think one of us is the lemon theory. I believe that that's what it is. Um, where basically they're like, if you ain't got no skin in the game then I'm not going to put no skin in the game. That's a, literally, there's thousands of research papers written on this uh, as a um, uh, as an aspect of uh, economic psychology, where literally in, inside your own instincts, your own instinct that God gave you before you were born, you didn't have to go to college to understand this. If somebody says, here, eat this, and you're like, okay, well, you take the first bite. And then they're like, no, I'm not hungry. I'm not, I don't want to take a bite. Well, are you going to eat it? No, unless you're stupid, <laughs> you're not going to eat something that they're not going to eat, right? So the same thing is true. If you ain't getting that jab, I'm not getting the jab because I need to know why you're not getting the thing that you're telling me that I absolutely must get. That ain't making no sense. So that's the problem with y'all black people. That's why y'all That's why y'all caught getting so much trouble is because you got common sense, right? See, if you want to fit in better, if you want to get those fancy Negro jobs, and you want to, you know, get a chance to have the nice fancy office, you got to get rid of your common sense. That's your problem. You're up here thinking and stuff. Like, black people are not supposed to be critical thinkers. What's wrong with you, Negro? Stop it. Just stop it. All right. So, um, uh, so, so yeah. So, uh, General Motors also did the same thing. They required all U.S. salaried employees to report their status. Now, I, I think reporting your status is obviously different from actually being forced to get that jab, but it is that next step, right? You know, where because I know your status, I can decide if I want to discriminate against you because of that. And this is fitting into what uh, Dr. Alicia last night, my wife, referred to as medical apartheid. I've also felt that black people have always been impacted by economic apartheid. When I go across parts of Chicago and I go to the north side of Chicago where everything's beautiful and the streets are paved with gold and and these billion dollar buildings everywhere. And then I go to the South side and West side of Chicago and I see cracks in the sidewalk. I see homeless people. I see abandoned buildings. Right. And, and, and we have a black mayor. Right. And, but yet none of this is being changed because we're not demanding it. We're still going along with the okie doke. And I kind of think that when you want something to change, you have to be a little bit, um, a little bit stubborn. Like I, I really feel you know, I'm not telling anybody else what to do, but when I deal with these politicians, honestly, I tell them, look, if you're not trying to do something real, that's going to really move the needle. I'm not going to even have a conversation with you. I'm not going to vote for you for sure. I'm not acknowledging you because you're not solving the problem. Uh, and maybe that's just, uh, because again, because I was cursed with common sense. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't take the stupid pill. Um, I, you know, believe that if we don't solve the problem, then what, what are we doing here? We're wasting our damn time. And uh, and I can tell you that relationships with some of these politicians is it's really like a bad relation. It's like if you want to get married and have kids and you're dealing with somebody who just wants to use you, you know, for money or for your sex or whatever, and it doesn't want to build anything. What would you say to that person? Would you just kind of go along to get along or would you say, no, you're wasting my time. I'm out of here. I got to I got to put my energy into something that's actually going to move the needle. So I say in general, we move the needle. Uh, you know, as, as a mathematician, I, I'm a problem solver. 
if, if it doesn't look like we're solving the problem, then in my view, we're wasting our time. And so that energy is is what's applied in the, to the All Black National Convention, where I want people there who can solve problems. Every single person that we invited is there because they can help solve a specific problem, whether that problem is related to how we can do better activism, how we can form a Black political party, how we can actually uh, get our kids off the grid and educate them on our own if we want to. Uh, we have educators that can do that at the convention, uh, whether you're talking about owning real estate as a way to build wealth, if you're talking about uh, the ability to generate streams of income so that if you have to quit your job because you didn't get the jab, you're going to be okay doing that, right? So you have to have all these options. You have to have a Swiss army knife of possibilities for yourself so that they don't trap you in because that's the goal. The goal is, look, we're going to require the jab for you to do almost anything in society. And, and so if you don't get that, if you don't eventually submit to what we're doing, we're going to get you somewhere. We're going to, you're going to want to take a trip one day. You're going to need a job one day. You're going to need government benefits one day. And we're going to make sure that we're blocking all those entry points into society because we we now have economic and medical apartheid. I'm not a fan of it um, at all. And I, I personally think it's okay to resist it. Um, I totally understand people that have kind of gone along with it that don't have a problem with it. I respect that. But I think at the end of the day, you have to decide where, you know, what matters to you. And, and if that matters to you, don't be ashamed of that. Stick with that. Just do your research, keep an open mind and make good decisions for your family. I think that's what matters. OK. All right. So um, I'm going to get out of here, guys. Uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Also, um, blackkeystogreatness.com is where you can actually sign up. We do a Wednesday book club where right now we're reading this amazing book by Dr. Claude Anderson called Black Labor, White Wealth. We're on page 82. And every week I am literally dissecting this book so you can understand it. After we get done with that, we're going to jump to Powernomics. Um, because I personally just feel that we as black people have to just literally take over the damn system and become our own school system. And uh, and so we are the school system. This is your public school system right here in front of your face. It ain't some white lady from the suburbs teaching you about Abraham Lincoln. Uh, we need black people coming together to educate our own. Our ancestors did it. Uh, Simmons College in Kentucky was started by a bunch of former slaves who wanted to educate their kids. So they got a building, they got some books and they did it and they created one of the best schools in the country at that time, it got killed by integration. Uh, Simmons College guy, uh, it, it's been brought resurrected back, dog. Dr. Kevin Cosby's trying to bring it back, but uh, it was killed by integration because y'all wanted to be next to white folks. Well, um, I don't think white folks are magical. I don't hate them. I just don't think that uh, that anything's more magical than being around black people. So uh, long story short, Wednesday nights at eight o'clock or eight thirty, excuse me. It's, if you want to join us, go to blackkeystogreatness.com. You also get free access to my life class. Okay, guys, I'm out of here. Please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button on your way out. And uh, you guys will see me again very soon. Uh, in uh, literally in the next 30 minutes because we're going to start stock market investing class. So if you'd like to join us for stock market investing class, uh, the URLs on the screen right here, the blackstockmarketprogram.com. Take care, guys. Have a good day. I'll see you soon. Uh, be good. Peace.